Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. about 
our story of the day yesterday was a couple out in India who are practicing a religious ritual or do suicide by guillotine. Yes, yes. Oh, they had a metal uh, blade and a rope holding up that metal blade. They let that rope go. The blade came down, cut their heads off, and their heads rolled into the fire that they had burning. This fire altar. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And that launched a conversation between the pastors and us church folk. Yes. What's going on with the church folk? You know, are they really taking the time to uh, pay attention? Pay attention to the word of God for themselves. Or, or are they just going to sit back and let the pastor do all the work? Yes. Yes. We can't follow everything someone tells us to do. We've got to study for ourselves. Study to show yourself approved. And, you know, some of us feel like, hey, we pastors have a responsibility. Yes, we have to set the tone. We have to set the tone of studying. We have to set the tone of reading for yourself because, you know, people are coming into this uh, religion, as they call it. You know, they don't understand that it's a relationship with God that they need to be pursuing. And, you know, people are hungry, they're desperate, and, you know, they're walking through the door and, you know, they're expecting to be told what to do. And although they can't live their life being told what to do when it comes to this relationship with God, they need to have the precedent set. They need an example. They need for someone to show them what it is that they need to be doing. Now, Pastor Jeff says, listen, People have got to do it for themselves. Yeah. You know, we can't uh, be responsible for the fact that they come up in the church and and they don't read and they don't study for themselves. This is your relationship with the Lord. Don't be lazy. Yeah. Nice point. Nice, valid point. So, you know, we're not negating that, you know, yes, you do. You know, people do get lazy. You know, we've talked about that here on this due time with Pastor Steph before. You know, they you know they want the pastor to pray for them. They want the pastor to open up the Bible for them. They want the pastor to walk them through everything like little baby steps. And, yes, we do have a responsibility 
to show you what to do. However, come on now, there's some things you're going to have to do for yourself. And we've all, as pastors, we've all seen those lazy Christians who don't want to do whatever it takes for themselves. No. Come on. This relationship with God is on you. Yes. You know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it. Right? Right. So we want to make sure that we're doing whatever we need to do to uh, <laughs> be pleasing in the sight of the Lord. So, you know, Pastor A.L. had a, convers- uh, a question for Pastor Jeff, and, oh, that's when Pastor Jeff let us know. Listen, don't be lazy. <laughs> It was a nice, intriguing conversation yesterday that promises a continuation. So God spares next week, Tuesday, we shall be on. And we shall be talking about this thing, yes. Because there's some uh, other questions I have that are simmering and brewing in my head that I would love to hear what the pastors have to say. Alrighty? Alrighty. So, today, day to day, is Wow Wednesday. Yes. Oh, we have arrived by the grace of God. We have arrived to the middle of the week. Can you believe it already? The week is halfway over. And like I always like to say, while other people are figuring out, trying to figure out what to do with this hump day, you know, they're trying to figure out how am I going to make it to the other side of the week. Oh, God has already prepared and planned our day, and the rest of our week for us. So, you know, give God thanks. Give God thanks for all that he's done. Give God thanks for that investment yet again. And uh, come on, come on, come on. Let's get this day started. So, let's get that uh, healthy breakfast. Let's go. And tell somebody that it's due time when Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, make sure, make sure, make sure you go nowhere. Because we'll be right back. An STD? Me? In the U.S., more than half of chlamydia and gonorrhea diagnoses occur among people aged 15 to 24. And common STDs may go undetected in more than four out of five women, even during a regular exam. Left untreated, infections can lead to long-term consequences like infertility. But it turns out getting tested is easy, and there are simple treatments available for most common STDs. Visit knowingwithquest.com to learn more. 
Socially Conscious, we are starting off with an update on a story that I believe Pastor Stephanie brought to us a while ago. Netflix, uh, and they're cracking down on password sharing. So Netflix has announced it is preparing to extend its plan to crack down on password sharing in the coming months, y'all. They say that out in Canada, New Zealand, Portugal, and Spain, they have launched their buy an extra member option. Wait, 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 Vivian, 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 I'm so sorry. Wherever you are, you're breaking up terribly. So we, I missed the, the countries. You have Canada, you have New Zealand. Can you hear me a little bit better? Yes, thank you. Okay. So they have Canada, New Zealand, Portugal, and Spain. So out in those countries, they have launched their buy an extra member option, and they are, quote, pleased with the results. So part of their plan is that the company will begin to block devices that it detects are being used by someone outside the account holder's primary residence and they will do so after a certain number of days. So get ready, y'all. If you're using someone else's Netflix, you may want to figure something else out. And if you are sharing your account, be prepared to receive those texts and calls asking if you changed password because if they're not on your router, if they're not on the router of the primary um, account holder, they will be kicked out. And the only options you will have now is to buy an extra member on your account. So they don't limit how many members you can buy, as far as I know, but that is the only options that we will have in the coming months. 
So speaking of money, our next story is of a fair evader gone wild. So real quick, MCA is increasing what they call the Eagle Team, which is a team of workers who are meant to go around watching and seeking out fair evaders. The so-called Eagle Team is responsible for monitoring fair evasion and reporting its findings to the agency so that it can calculate the losses. So they are claiming that the top priority in this enforcement group is catching people bringing weapons into the system. So during one of these fair evader checks out in Brooklyn, police say an alleged fair evader pulled out a gun and fired at three MCA employees at a Brooklyn bus stop Tuesday morning. Reports say the suspect was on the B-82 bus at Flatlands and Louisiana Avenue in Canarsie around 6.20 a.m. when one of the Eagle members, the Eagle team members, an MTA inspector conducting fair checks asked him for his ticket, but the man did not have one. They say he agreed to purchase a ticket at the next stop and that he and an MTA worker got off the bus at the next stop. They say as he was purchasing his ticket, the bus pulled off and that he got so upset, he pulled out a gun from his backpack and shot at three MTA workers at the stop, letting off 10 shots total. They say no one was hit and the man ran away and is still on the run. So to top it off, MTA says that they will be removing booth workers from the booth and that the booth workers will be expected to walk around the station in a more involved role, assisting people with learning the tap-and-go system, finding their way around, and also the former booth workers will be equipped with devices to help them record and report crime. They're saying the reassigned booth agents are going to be, quote, the eyes and ears across our station environment, end quote. Um, so the Eagles and the Booth Agents reassignment is designed to help writers feel safe. But my question is, who is making sure that the MTA workers are safe? I think that this is a, def- a, a wicked plan. It's a wicked situation. I get that you want to make the writers feel safe, but at the cost of risking the lives of MTA employees, is that really the answer? I, I don't know. It's just. You know, it's getting crazy down there, and their solution is to give MTA workers more of the the brunt of the work and keeping the writers safe. And I just don't think that that's the answer. But next, we have two scary stories that will hopefully act as a cautionary tale for parents. Reports say two toddlers have fallen out of New York City windows in two separate cases this weekend alone. Reports say a three-year-old girl is in the hospital after surviving a terrifying fall from the sixth-floor window of a Manhattan apartment complex, while a two-year-old girl is also recovering from a fifth-floor window fall out in Queens, both happening on the same day. They say the three-year-old child went out of a window of a NYCHA building on Sunday morning, they say the window did not have window cards. The girl fell into some grass 
and was taken to the hospital. NYCHA says records show the window guards were in place back in January when the family moved in and also in place last week when NYCHA performed an inspection of the apartment. They're not sure when they were taken out and or why. Uh, The next child, the story is that she was found also lying on the grass, a grassy area with injuries indicating indicating that she had fallen. Um, The investigation found she fell from a fifth floor story apartment. She was taken to a hospital in stable condition. No details on those circumstances were immediately available. Both investigations are ongoing. So police want to remind parents with young children to check your window guards, make sure that they are in good condition. Also make sure window guards are in place at all times and that they are not being removed. Apparently, this still needs to be said in 2023. But thank God that the baby survived their fall. And again, parents, just make sure that you are keeping those window guards in the window, especially if you're living in, you know, high-rise apartments. Next, we have another update. We've been talking about the homelessness issue in New York and how bad it is. We talked about the eviction crisis going on. Well, today we bring some good news. Reports say that the federal government is supplying New York City with $60 million in funding to help address homelessness. They say several community groups will be receiving grants and vouchers to help speed up the process of housing homeless New Yorkers. Uh, they're saying that, 60, that the $60 million was granted to a program called the New, <clears throat> excuse me, the New York City Continuum of Care, The program focuses on domestic violence victims, human trafficking, and veterans, and that $11.9 million of that $60 million is going to go to um, an organization called Breaking Ground, which is a nonprofit that is um, used to assist families and other individuals with finding permanent housing. So we've been talking about it for a while, and finally we get the news that, you know, that they're funding New York City along with $60 million to help with this homelessness crisis going on. So we're thanking God for that. And now for our wow story of the week. So some have probably heard of Ralph Ural, but for those who haven't, Ralph is a 16-year-old boy on our side of the fence who rang the wrong doorbell while attempting to pick up his younger twin brothers from a friend's home. Reports say he mistakenly went to 115th Street instead of 115th Terrace. He rang the doorbell. Ralph told officers whoever was inside took a little longer than he anticipated to respond to the door, so he waited at the door. They say Ralph heard rustling around going on in the house, and then finally the door was open. They say that he was confronted by a man who told him, quote, don't come back around here, and then he immediately fired his weapon. The teen was shot in the head, which cracked his skull and left him with critical traumatic brain injury. 
While the teenager was still on the ground, the homeowner opened fire a second time, striking Ralph in the upper arm. Ralph was able to run away, banging on doors for help, yelling, help, I've been shot. They say he banged on three different doors before he was helped. Again, thank God he is doing better and survived this attempt on his life. Now, as sad as this story is, it gets worse. And the reason I chose this for our wild story today is because the man who shot Ralph was Andrew Lester, a man in his 80s. I believe he was 84, or he is 84, from the other side of the fence. And he was not arrested during the time of the shooting. So he was charged with assault in the first degree and armed criminal action. A warrant was issued for his arrest, and he was allowed to turn himself in. But wait, it gets worse. So Lester says he opened his door and saw a big black man pulling the handle of his storm door and thought it was was a home invasion. They say, according to Lester's account and the statement, no words were exchanged, and he opened fire seconds after opening the door. Lester stated it was the last thing he wanted to do, but he was scared to death due to the male's size and his age, Lester's age. The statement says that Lester says that Lester was visibly upset during the interview with authorities and repeatedly expressed concern for Ralph's um, well-being. So Lester is facing a maximum punishment of life in prison and the assault charge and three to 15 years for the alleged gun crime. So the wowest thing is that they are looking into the Stand your ground law. The law says a would-be shooter defending life or property does not have to retreat before taking violent action. And how sick is that? So all you have to do is say you feared for your life or your property. There doesn't have to be any aggression, any type of altercation, no threats, nothing. You just got to say you feared for your life and you just start shooting. And they are looking into this law to see if he will be facing charges or if he falls into the category of stand your ground. That is just sick. I will definitely be keeping up with this story, but I'm just getting more upset talking about it. So this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious, giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wild stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me on my Facebook. My username there is Vivian B.M. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners, and thank you, Pastor Steph. Ah, good morning, Vivian. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I think I got most of your information. Uh, You were breaking up really bad, but Shanti says that it was just me. So if you would not mind just hanging around for us for a little bit, please, just in case we need some clarity. Yes, ma'am. All right. Thank you, and have a blessed day if I don't talk to you. Thank you. You as well. Okay. Thank you. Oh, boy. 
the news, the news, the news. Let's talk to our ladies. Let's say good morning to our Elder Nitisha. Good morning, Elder Nitisha. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to be on with you and all of our family and sisters and family members and listeners. Amen, amen, amen. Glad to have you on. Before we go any further, it has been my intent to ask you, and every time you hang up, I forget, I remember after you hang up, how is Jacob? Can we get an update, please? Sure. Jacob is coming along well. He concluded uh, chemotherapy. The tumor has has gotten small enough for us to conclude um, chemo. He's now moving on to radiation. So um, we face that next hurdle because the radiation is taking place about an hour and a half away from his home, which his mom, and he has to do that for six weeks. So his mom has to transport him. This works. So it's just, it's just, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot. So continue to pray for, for them, but we thank God that the tumor is small enough for him to get to the next stage. Amen, amen, amen. Giving God thanks, thanks. Giving God thanks for her, uh, his improvement, and even her ability, mom's ability, to even be able to, you know, just kind of go through this process. So, thank you for that update. Definitely appreciate it. Giving God thanks. Oh, you're welcome. You're every every week. I'm like, oh man got to ask, so giving God thanks <laughs> that, you know, you are able to give a praise report. Amen. 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 All right, Elder Natisha, we're starting with this Netflix password sharing. Uh, I talked about this a, a minute ago, and Vivian has given us an update. They have started out in Canada, New Zealand, Portugal, and some other areas, you know, to uh, enable you to buy an extra member option. And, you know, that would keep uh, people from being able to share their um, account with others who's not coming off of their primary router. So such as people who are, they have like college students, um, I know I know several parents who do that. You know, they have one account. Their kids are away in college, so they give that, that um, password information to, you know, the college student. Um, I know some people who have jobs where they're kind of stationary, so they, um, they kind of check out Netflix on an overnight shift and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not home. So, of course, they're at work. They're paying for their account, but yet if they're not married to this home router or that primary residence, they are going to be kicked out. And and they are going to have to be forced to buy an extra member um, ability. Now, they have also increased their rates recently. Mm-hmm. 
those of us who do have Netflix, they've increased their cost. So now, in addition to that, you're now adding on this, you know, and they're saying, you know, Vivian says that buying an extra member is 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 probably like it doesn't matter. You can buy a hundred of them, you know. But I'm sure they're gonna cap that, you know, because they're gonna, you know, make you do something else. But what's your thought when it comes to something like that? Oh man, they caught us. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they are, they're late to the party, right? Like the truth is that people have been doing that for the longest time. And it's not just Netflix, right? We, you know, we don't want to expose the other air places, but, um, you know, Apple was smart out the gate with Apple. You had like, they just offered you the ability and same thing with Amazon. They offered you the ability to just buy a family, you know, a family membership, that allowed up to, you know, three members, four members of the family to be a part of the membership. And I think that, you know, the way that Net can um, can really just do this is instead of like these high rates for one person, I don't I don't think it's fair for one a person who doesn't have additional family members on their account to have to pay these high prices. You know, they started out we only was paying what six ninety nine or seven ninety nine? Yeah, when we first started, um, that's right. Where we that's first right. started, and so, and so now to be up to fifteen dollars, you know, um, so it's crazy. But I think if they do a family plan, I don't think people would, you know, my and I mean a family plan, not that buying an additional member because I think that's just another right. way for them to get. Rid- I think no, create family plans that people can buy into, you know, um, that you know that that's fifteen ninety nine, sixteen ninety nine, and you can have up to a, you know two family members be a part of it. I think that's the way to go. But they were they were losing out on a lot of money. We're just telling the truth, based on the fact that you know you one membership and fifteen family members was all benefiting from that one membership. You know, but now, now here's my thing. I do agree that with the password sharing, you know, they cannot make a certain amount of money and they lose money. However, they cap you at like two devices at a time because I'll right. never forget my my daughter calling me Elder Natisha to ask me could I log off. So she could look at TV. Now, yeah. you know we done lost our mind. But, yes, you know, this. so they tapped you. So even though, let's say, for argument's sake, four or five people had the password, if you have just a regular membership, it doesn't matter. Because once two of us are watching it, now nobody else can get on anyway. That's true. You're right. Yeah. That's true. So, you know, there was there's still, you know, by them doing that, they were still limiting you, and they could not lose but so much money. Because, I mean, yeah. with all of the movie apps out here, um, even some of the free ones, Tubi, um, I can't think of this, this other one, Vivo or something like that, you know, they um, 
they they don't charge you at all. And if you want like a right. like an ad free, you know, a peacock, you know, if you want ad free, right. you know, so they will. You, let me tell you why they're doing. In my opinion, why they're doing this, they're losing. Period. Ooh, see, when Netflix first came out, it was only Netflix. Yeah, I th- that's what that's my theory. That's my theory. Yeah, I think they're just I, mad because they losing. Period. Because everybody and their mama is coming up with a movie app, so mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to recoup their money from competitors. Because they would they capping you anyway. You the only two of us can watch the thing at the same time. Excuse me, Elton Itisha. My account is sixteen ninety nine. I want your package at fifteen ninety nine. I want my dollar difference. <laughs> Uh, okay, I need to get your hookup for the fifteen ninety nine. Cause like gas, I want every little penny that ma- that That's counts. Right. Hello, oh my goodness! Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's hear what our lady Tamika has got to say about this Netflix share. Good morning, lady Tamika. Good morning. Happy Wow Wednesday to you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good morning to you over there. You sound like you're doing quite well. I'm doing well. I am. I um. I am doing my due diligence to those who may need. I have. Uh, yesterday, I went and gave blood, so I may just be a little loopy, but I'm happy to be alive. <laughs> to be to be All right, now we well, thank God for. Uh, you know, sharing life. And uh, what's about this Netflix share? What you think? Um, I, I think honestly that you know they are, are a little salty um, about all of the different venues that are available for people to stream. You know, and so they're seeing it, and you know, everybody's getting money. So you know, I, I want you know more of a piece of the pie, you know, and I, I get it, you know, and, and I understand, you know, and I'll just be honest, you know, um, because Netflix had certain things that you could only watch on network on Netflix, you know, they made it so that you can only watch it on Netflix. You couldn't watch it from someplace else. You know, I have, um, you know, someone said to me, Oh, you should watch such and such. And I was like, well, I don't have Netflix, you know? <laughs> so, they, they gave me the password, and I watched the such and such, you know, but it wasn't one of those things where I would constantly, you know, do that type of thing. So I guess I'm going to have to call all my friends and say, well, I guess I won't be able to watch whatever it is that you want me to watch because I, I don't have an account. Either that or I have to pay $15 for something I'm only going to watch one time, and then that's that. <laughs> Uh, y'all let me know where this $15 coming from, because I'm mad. I'm mad. I want my dollar back. Now, if I calculate how many months I've been paying that extra dollar, I may be able to get a couple of dollars back. I'm mad. I need that $15 plan. Y'all better share that. Share that. Share that, share that. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for joining us, Lady Tamika. And we're going to trust that our Minister Michelle is doing well. She's been ill, and um, we're not hearing from her this morning, so we're just going to trust God that maybe she's just sleeping. But there's always a ram in the bush. Good morning, Shanties. Good morning. 
How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good. I'm well, thank you. I'm well. All right. So what's with the Netflix share? You know, are they, you know, unreasonable in your opinion? Are they, you know, spot on? They know what people are doing. They got to get their money back. What's your thought? I honestly don't think they're really losing any money. I think they're going to lose money once they continue to reinforce this because once it's like, oh, okay, I'm here. And I was like, all right, I'm going to stick with the streaming services that I can share because I'm not going to want to pay this, as it was said, by myself. So they're going to end up really losing more, especially with um, a lot of these other streaming services actually having a lot more to offer than Netflix. Now, so not only is it that Netflix is not the only streaming service now, these other streaming services are really grabbing content because, again, everyone is pulling for the business. So they're just going to end up shooting themselves in the foot. Okay, okay. You know, listen, I'm not mad at them. I'm not mad at them at all. You know, if they feel that they've been losing money um, from the sharing, um, I get it. I get it. I get it all together. I get it. Um, you know, I, I part of me says, again, you know, like I said, I do know a couple of parents who have children who are in college. They're paying college tuition, you know, so I guess if they're paying, you know, college tuition, they can come up with an extra $10 to get their kids, you know, a Netflix ability. Um, I do know as a movie, we are movie buffs in here, Netflix content has been kind of falling off a little bit. Um, you know, they, they're coming up with their own, you know, stuff. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, like I said, I don't blame them. If you feel like you're losing money, then do your thing. Do your thing and, 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 and go for go for it. If you know, if you end up losing on the back end, I guess you'll come up with something else that'll help you make up that dollar. So listen, it's their business. They need to handle it the way they need to handle it. All righty. Now, here's something for the books. Talking about fair evading. <laughs> NTA is struggling, I suppose, with this uh fair evader. Um, issue. I do know that now that they have the the double buses that are um, skip stop services, they have now put those kiosks on the outside, and you buy your ticket, you get on the bus, and when you get to certain stops, they will pick up. You know the the um, the uh, Agents will get on the bus, or I've seen some police um, out there actually doing it. They will ask you for your ticket. If you don't, they will give you a, um, they'll give you a ticket. And as Vivian is saying, that there has been, you know, some issue around this. And now they have... (laughs) where this gentleman was asked, and when he got off the bus, he was really lucky because they let him pay the fare at the next stop, and when the bus pulled off, he got angry and started firing, you know, um, his gun. But now, in addition to that 
being a harmful um, job, now they're going to take the ticket agents who are inside the train station, I suppose they're talking about, and they're going to reassign them to walk around and actually help um, the different people who need help who's, you know, in, in, in the train stations. And I don't know if this is a great idea either, Vivian. I don't know. I don't know. They were pretty safe in the booth. But with all the kiosks on the outside of the booth, you know, they have gotten a lot less work. So they kind of either be, they've been removed already or either they will be removed and now reassigned to kind of walking around the train stations. Lady Tamika, what's your thought on the safety issue of this entire um, reassignment? Yeah, I, I was trying to figure out, so who's going to be looking to that degree? You know, are you going to be walking around asking people, you know, to – check their bags, you know, can I see your bag? How are you going to really tell? You know, I'm one of the people that my bag is always heavy, you know, so are you going to stop me? You know, um, I, you're not really going to know that until somebody actually brandish a weapon. And the safety of the people whose job it is, once you find out, then what do you do? You know, do you immediately tell somebody, you know, how does, how does that work for the individual who has been in the subway station is now going out? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm really kind of concerned because also we, we know the, um, the temperament of, of, of people has changed and people are so angry so quickly. And so I, I, I just, you know, I don't, I'm concerned about the safety of our New Yorkers. All righty, all righty. Shantice, you know, we know that the climate underground has changed dramatically. You know, what does this look like for these MTA workers who now have to kind of move around and address people? Okay, so just to make sure I understand, they want the MTA workers to walk around the station to see if people pay their fare. Where's Vivian? Vivian, let me let, let me make sure I don't answer incorrectly. All right, Viv, what what exactly will their responsibility be? Because I did hear that they would be assisting, you know, riders. What other responsibility are they responsibilities will they have, please? They're saying that they're excuse me. They're saying that they're going to be the eyes and ears of the MCA. They will be expected to not only help riders but to kind of scope out any dangerous situations and, you know, any criminal activity. They will give them devices to help them record the activities and to um, report the activities, whether it be to the police or, you know, just taking data for NCA. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for that clarity. You're welcome. All righty, Shantice. There you have it. 
So these are the everyday workers doing all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I quit. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> It's just way too much. There's just way too much. How my responsibilities go from this to that? No. No. And, and like, Vivian, now, now I remember hearing her say, who's going to protect them? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to be doing all of this for who? And then when I forget getting shot, so when I get slapped, ain't nobody there. I get slapped, and then I hit back, and I'll, I get in trouble. No. No. This this is not a plan. This this is not a plan. And this doesn't make any sense. That is like you're asking for more incidents to take place. So you want them now you're leaving the judgment up to fool. <laughs> if you're telling regular MTA staff if you see something this, if you see something, is subject to how whatever my perspective is. So if my perspective is off today, and in my mind I see something, and I approach somebody, no, this is a horrible plan. All righty. Elder Natisha, I'm sure that they're looking to give these employees some real work. You know, considering that they're just probably parlaying, looking through their phone, you know, sometimes in the ticket booth, um, in the token booth, as we used to call it. What's your thought on this new plan and these new this new work assignment? I think that you're gonna have to. Um, they're gonna be. There's gonna need to be some additional training. You're gonna need to give these people some um, some weapons. Because first of all, we we don't respect flashlight cops. Like no one respects the flashlight cops. So if right. no one respects the flashlight that these people are gonna walk around and somebody's gonna pay them any attention. They're gonna be calling him like, hey, 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 and and then they're gonna be ignored or like, um. Shanti said, catch a smack to the face or something. People are not in their right mind. Like, mental illness mm-hmm. is running rapid. It, is, it, it really is not a good plan. It's not a good plan. You're, you're putting people's lives in jeopardy. Now, I do know that those NTA workers have an amazing plan where if they actually encounter something like that, they're out for compensation. Work, for That's right, um, girl. Work with compensation. That's so like, right, girl. All they, all they got to say is, I'm traumatized because yep. this person got <laughs> to and they are out. I mean, do you hear me? They yep. can be out of work with their full pay or 75% yep. of their pay for up to a year and just go to counseling yep. child. That's, they all like, you know what, bet. The moment someone yeah. looks like they threaten me, I'm falling to the floor. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Out on work station for the next year on your dime. Yep, it's not a good idea. <laughs> yep, you took the words right out my mouth, Elder Natisha. I said, yeah, they're gonna go from scrolling on their phone in the token booth to now. Mm-hmm. 
the first sign of problems, somebody blew too hard on me. That was trauma. Yeah. I cannot work. I can't function properly. I need to be home. And like you said, get me some little counseling every week, every two weeks, once a month, whatever it is. And now I go from flipping my phone through my phone in a token booth to flipping through my phone at home. Oh, Watch yeah.
five years apart. So she was two. I was, what, seven? Well, she was three. I was eight. So it wouldn't have been much. I could have really done God forbid she started to fall out the window. You know, but thank God that the bars were secure enough that with her leaning on them, it didn't even, you know, shake or they weren't loose. So for these parents or these adults or whomever who start now messing with the bar, listen, you don't like bars, save your money and move somewhere where the scenery of your windows look better. So there are buildings that have whatever safety guards or whatever, and it don't look as tacky. I get the look, but you can't, because you want it to look a certain way. Now you're risking your children dying because the, the, the core of my window has got to look like, come on, stop. And, and now wow. you're teaching your children. Children see you messing with the bars. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to mess with wow. the bars? Elder Tisha, how negligent are you as a parent to even tamper with the bars on your window? Yeah, it's very negligent. And I think, you know, the idea of parents thinking that cursing your kid out, saying, don't take your A over there, don't take your A over there by that window, like that, <laughs> that first of all, your, your, your behavior, your behavior <laughs> removing the bars, they've watched remove the bars. They've seen you take those bars down. And so they too know how to do it now. By the time they don't watch you do it a couple of times, they also will know how to take those bars off. And so it, it just it is very negligent. And we are hearing more and more, I think in the past 10 years even maybe, of kids falling out of the window. So yep. it's ridiculous. Absolutely, absolutely. Lady Tamika, you know, the Shanti says, listen, if you want to put your head out the window or <laughs> you need a different scenery, relocate. Yeah, that's that's the, you know, that's the beauty of, you know, you can choose, you know, um, and, you know, where you want to go, you know, how far you want to move. You want to stay in an apartment you know, um, build your finances to um, acquire a, you know, a house. You know, that's that's another thing, you know, that you could do. Um, And then, you know, um, those are advantages. Now, I came from an apartment that didn't have the window guards. And I remember as a child, (laughs) I was playing in the window with a toy. And the toy, we had a fire escape. The toy fell out over the fire escape down to the floor. And me as a child thinking, you know, I could climb down the fire escape and get back up. Well, I went down the fire escape, and then I ended up at the bottom of the fire escape, realized that I'm a child, so I can't get down to the bottom effectively. So I ended up having to jump. I hurt my leg, you know, and then I was stuck in between the floors because I couldn't get back inside the building. Couldn't climb up the fire escape. Eventually, somebody opened up the the um the laundry the uh laundry door which is the back inside interior back door to get me in otherwise i would have just stayed there you know and so you know like you said you're teaching your child to manipulate the system you know because you don't like the way it looks you take the window down and you're not paying attention you assume you know that oh the last thing that the child's going to do is is you know hang out the window and that's the first thing that the, ch- the window is open there's something oh you know children are inquisitive they, you know you tell the child don't don't put their hand on the, the hot stove don't touch 
what's the first thing they do? They stick their hand, ah, now, you know, you now you got problems, you know. And so, unfortunately, you teach the child how to manipulate the system. When, when they do the check-in, I'm going to put the bar, bar in. And then when, they, when, they, right. when they're not checking, right. then I'll, I'll take it out. You know, and so right. this is what Absolutely. you teach your, your children. Okay, it's okay to do it. You know, it, it, it. Well, I can do it at this time, and when I'm comfortable, and then when they come back, you know, oh, they, they're going to check it today. Okay, let me put the bar back in. You know, yep. and so this is the the thing. And then you have to understand that when something happens to your child, now you want to go all ape and sue everybody and sue this one and, that, and go to court and all types of stuff. But in actuality, you have to bear the responsibility that your child is injured because you didn't do what you were supposed to do to safeguard your child. Absolutely. Because that's what I thought. I said they probably pulled it out, figured by the time, you know, they had done the inspection because they don't come through ex- inspecting just because. You would be able to put it back in time because you got to let them in to inspect, and it didn't happen soon enough. You didn't have, you didn't put them back soon enough. Well, thank God, we give God thanks that the children are, you know, are safe, and you know, hopefully lessons are learned. Oh, we got two more uh, pieces of Vivian's socially conscious segment. We're talking about our favorite topic, homelessness and this eviction crisis. Well, we know that um, the uh, legal aid last week, we were told, asked for triple-digit millions. Well, they have come up with $60 million to help speed up the process in helping the homelessness um, issue. They're, you know, they're focusing on the vets, yay, uh, domestic violence um, victims, yay, and sex trafficking, yay. Now, is this going to be enough? Is this a start? Is this going to really put a dent in it? Um, not criticizing, just asking. What do you think, Elder Natisha? How is this $60 million going to benefit um, New York? I mean, I don't think 60, $60 million is nowhere near enough. Um, for the crisis that we face in this country. I think if we're doing this in phases, which it sounds like that's what they're doing, that they're trying to accomplish this in phases, then perhaps $60 million is the first installment of other installments to come. But to think that $60 million is actually going to solve the crisis, um, totally, we know that that's, that's, that's nowhere near enough. $60 million is probably about... Uh, 15%, we'll give it 15% of the need that exists in this country for um, homelessness because homelessness is not just um, categorized by the people that we actually see on the street, right? That's one category. But homelessness is also categorized by the amount of members in a family and income that comes in. So when they look at the total number of poverty and homelessness that exists in this country, like if you have a family that's living in a uh, dilapidated building that does not have the bare essentials, like a flush toilet being able to flush, hot water, um, they they are considered homeless. If if your uh, place of residence is overcome by rodents when you got rats and mice infestation, that is considered homeless. So that is another category. So, I mean, my, my thought is that this $60 million is simply a drop in the bucket 
and that this first phase of, you know, of targeting um, our vets and, um, you know, the people that you've listed, that that's a start, but there's so much more work for us to do. All righty. Well, that's news to me about the homeless, the extended um, definition of homelessness. So uh, that definitely changes the numbers. Uh, Lady Tamika, what are we talking about? Is this uh, satisfactory or not? I think it's a start in the right direction. Um, We already recognize that we are way, way, way behind the ball. But the fact that somebody is doing something is appreciative. Um, There are a lot of avenues that we need to um, explore and venture um, with this homelessness. Um, I wish we would start with those who who have needed it the most, and that I'm by that. I mean those that were born and raised here that still have issues. But you you can't tell people how to designate their resources. But I'm hoping that this will aid some of the issues that we currently have. Okay, okay. Shantice, your word on this 60 mil toward this homelessness problem. Well, Pastor Stuff can do a whole lot with 60 million. <laughs> they not touch the budget. You have everybody eating. Oh, uh, I agree. I I believe that being a nice deposit, in addition to some common sense, money with common sense is deadly weapon. If somebody knows what they're doing with this money, um, then a whole lot can start really being resolved. You know, you can start feeding people while you're finding them housing and so on and so forth. So, and, you know, the way people are is once they see progress, now everybody wants to be involved. Ain't nobody paying attention to the homeless people, but now it looks like somebody cleaning up the homeless situation. Like, oh, I want to be involved. I want to sponsor. I want to throw money at it. I want, I want, I want. So, yeah, that that's a good way to now actually put that money to some realistic use let it solve some real problems, and it may become contagious. You know, you may have other businesses and brands or even, maybe even individuals who may want to contribute because now it seems like, oh, something is really being done. Now I want to join the bandwagon of something that's actually being accomplished. Okay, okay. Well, my 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 thinking is where we are now, Sixty million probably won't do much. And my mm-hmm. concern is there. I, I think. Let me rephrase that. I think what they're going to do is they're going to find out how little this sixty million is when they actually start putting it to use. And you know, we're we're grateful, always grateful for a start. However, I, I think when you've allowed thirty-two thousand people a month to come up in these states. At this point, sixty million is not going to do a whole lot, and you know, um, to to I I agree with Elder Natisha. It's on a very low scale of that drop in the bucket where it looks like you know when you first when you leave the water and the water is dripping and you hit drip. I think that's what it's going to be. So I think if this is going to be an in, if this was an installment, 
I think the installment should have been a little bit more because I don't think they're coming back anytime soon to add to that. And because they're probably not coming back around, because this is just for New York City. This is just for New York. This and that, it may not even be for the city. It might be for the state of New York. But I, I don't. I don't. I'm not. I think I put down New York City. Maybe that's what Vivian said. But I think that if they're addressing New York City, they're going to have to address other locations. And with all of that, they're trying to spread. They're going to have to spread very thin, and we probably won't get another round for a minute. And that's why this $60 million to me is not going to be a really good um, a start because you're going to start some things, and then what you're going to do is get to a point you're going to be like, oh, we can't finish, you know, we can't complete because we need more money. So like Shanti said, they're going to have to be real strategic. They have to be very strategic where they're going to allow this $60 million to complete some things because we know that the $60 million is not going to be able to complete, all, you know, a whole lot as we all have said, but get something done. Take the $60 million, get something done, so at least when you do run out of money, and if you run out of money before they come back around, at least you would have been able to see something. And like Shanti said, maybe there will be some other uh, generous hearts that would say, you know what, I wasn't willing to put my money up because I didn't know what they were going to do. But now that I see what they're doing, I don't mind, you know, adding to the kitty. So that that's my little two cents. Mm-hmm. Oh, do we have a problem here? Again, you hear one story, you hear 15. We have Ralph, who's 16 years old, went to the wrong um, home to pick up his little brother and ended up being shot in the head and the arm, and by the grace of God, he was able to get up and run. Uh, we have the perpetrator who, you know, said at 84 years old he feared for his life. There was some big black man standing on the other side of the door opening up his, you know, his uh, screen door, and there was some threat, and we do know Brother Al brought this up last week about just the stand your ground um, uh, uh, law and, you know, where it actually exists in these particular states. And now, you know, they can, whatever you personally feel is a threat, you can actually, quote, unquote, defend yourself, even if, you know, in anyone else's um, thinking there was no threat pose. But if you feel that there's a threat pose, you can actually pull out your gun and shoot somebody. Oh, boy, we got problems because this, I think I did the story the other day about the um, the other incident regarding the young lady in the car. They drove up mistakenly drove up into someone's yard, immediately understood and saw that they were in the wrong, um, at the wrong house. They backed up, and as they were backing up, the person from the inside shot. And they said that, no, there was no threat. The people didn't ever even get out the, out the, out the car. They didn't even stay in the, the, the uh, driveway. As soon as they pulled in, they spotted, pulled back out, and again, someone shot. We're going to probably hear a whole lot of this now. Lady Tamika, you know, what are we talking about when it comes to standing, you know, stand your ground 
law and the danger this puts people in. Well, I've always questioned that, um, you know, and I, I, I get very emotional when you look at our young men or men in general and you automatically say young, big black men. You know, we're looking at this gentleman, and every picture that I've seen, you know, um, of this young man doesn't look like that would be a threat. You know, I, I think it brings me back to uh, Trayvon Martin, who, again, is, a, is, is you know, when you look at this gentleman, you know, either, either one of them, they don't, nothing about them strikes fear to me. You know, and so I'm, I'm so tired of, you know, this topic of, oh, well, he was a big black man. Which one of them looks so huge to you? You know, and so my thing is, again, you know, where do we go off shooting someone in the head? You know, if you're that intimidated and you're going to shoot, you know, and I don't agree with the shooting at all. But why not injure a person, shoot him in the leg, and then, you know, let him go? I mean, he, it wasn't like he went into your home. Um, and, and so, you know, this thing just, I, I don't, I, I automatically question that, stand your ground, so you have a right to shoot, you know, whereas here in the state of New York, the person has to be in your home, you know, not on the exterior. You can't do anything if they're on the exterior of your premise. You know, and so I automatically question that, and it kind of gives people a pass to kind of do what they want to do, you know, and that's kind of how I feel. And whether the individual had, a, a you know, a racist intention or not, I, I can't question what you thought in your mind. However, you know, it, it, it makes me really, really cautious about how people think and, and then how they react based on how they feel or what they think. Oh, absolutely. Shantice. Well, I think it's safe for me to say you, you racist when you saw a big black guy. And that, that was your description. Not you saw a figure outside of your, your door or anything like that. And I agree. What happened to, I, I remember at one point they were enforcing um, warning shots. What happened to that? Where uh, how many years ago was it? The the woman was shooting. I, I think who she was dealing with in self defense and shot a warning shot and got all that time and got arrested or something crazy like that. But it's just like they they just seem to keep getting these passes to do whatever because had it been the other way around and had it been a black man in his home and he saw a white man on his porch in front of his door and just shot. That would have been a full investigation. He would have been holed up the house immediately. It would have been nothing he could say. There's just way too much defending of this mentality on that side. All righty. All righty. Elder Natisha. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're definitely fed up with this this um, hiding behind this law because that's what it is. It is literally a racist um, privilege that allows individuals to hide behind a law. Now, I, I understand that there are some rural places and perhaps where um, you know, your ability to carry and, and uh, protect yourself and protect your property, I get it, understand it. 
However, I do think, like so many other gun laws, there are too many loopholes that permit for people with ill intention to hide behind these laws. We've got to begin to look at what these laws are allowing people to do and um, and start making some decisions around them and closing up the loopholes. But this is nothing more than a loophole for one to hide behind. So at any given time, and unfortunately the media doesn't help us because the media portrays uh, our people in an aggressive and, and a negative way. Every time you show a black person in the news or something like that, you're showing our black men uh, doing things that are harmful or doing things that are up to no good. So you perpetuate a particular stereotype and image of the black man, and then you, you allow them to say, okay, well, you can stand your ground. So you, you're literally right. nothing more. You're because it's right. another back way for you to permit racism and to permit the lynching of our men. Just no longer look like hanging on a tree doesn't mean that men aren't being lynched. Right. When you right. put a gun in a white hand and say, oh, no, but they had the right to do it. And he's 80 years old. He's of the mind, of that, that old mindset. Yeah, that's right. Connections between him and the KKK. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Once I saw, I kind of saw a glimpse of the of his picture. I was kind of moving really quickly, and I didn't have a chance to go back. And I, the first thing I said, I said, mm, somebody old and white. You know where he was coming from. You know that that's going to be quickly um, his. I didn't even read. I didn't even read it, but immediately that was my thought. Mm, okay, that that that's what he's gonna be saying. He's gonna be saying, "Oh, I was scared for my life," and you know all of this kind of stuff. And again, it's in these towns, in these states, where there's a lot of racism still, you know, very, very, very prevalent. And again, I agree. This is just carte blanche. <laughs> to be able to do whatever you want to do, and now you can hide behind this mm-hmm. law. So this here, this this gonna get real nasty. This is gonna get. This is gonna. This is this is only the beginning. This is only, and there probably some other incidences we just haven't heard about. Mm. Yeah, but this this gonna get nice and ugly. It's going to get nice and ugly. It's going to get really bad. It's going to get really bad. Thank you, ladies, for indulging me on uh, our socially conscious news. You know, I thought we would do something a little different today. You know, we have a question of the day, and the question is, what has God been teaching me lately? Mm. And I thought it was a nice, you know, I didn't know what Vivian was going to come up with, but I think it's a nice, uh, those stories and how we feel and what we think, you know, really, really add to, you know, what God has been teaching you personally lately. And we don't have any idea where this is going to take us. So, Shantice, you have the first leg on this. So what do you have? What God has been teaching me lately is that there is no former life without him. So no a lot mm. we say former life 
a lot on here. But until you really allow him to clean you up, it's not a former life. It's still a current life. And he's been showing me that the process is real painful and dirty, but you're able to overcome with him. And even during the times of feeling the pain and going through it, when he continues to put that mirror up to you, but knowing that he's right there. Like, I'm not doing this so that I can tell you that you're horrible and just walk away. I'm not doing this to tell you that you're ugly inside, in, or out, and just walk off. I'm doing this so that you can see and you can hand it back to me, and now together we can work on you being who I have created you to be. So if there is no former life until you give your current life to him so that it can really be. You can really say, like, I don't do those things anymore. I don't have those desires anymore. I don't have those thoughts anymore. Or I've learned to curb those desires and those thoughts. Mm, I like that. I like that. I like that. There's no former life without God, right? Because there's no evolving. There's no evolving mm-hmm. in, you know, um, in your life. So, therefore, there's nothing to look back for if there's no evolving. You know, you mentioned that this this progress and, and this addressing is extremely painful. Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because God is not going to lie to you. And he's not, how do you say, just mentioned words. He's not sitting there thinking, hey, what's the nicest way I can say this to her? No, it's like, look, this is what you're doing, or this is what you've done, and you better clean it up. And if you're blessed enough to be able to hear the or else, but you don't have to hear the or else, you know, but it's it's very painful mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, because it's like you can't run away from you. It's like God is holding up his mirror and saying, hi, this is you. And we try to turn to the left, this is you. We try to turn to the right, hi, this is still you. You know, versus when we like to blame other people's places and things and we pick up and move or we pick up and leave. There's no leaving us. So now you got to do that. And wow. to is to work with God to deal with it and to move past it, to properly deal with it. You can only properly deal with it with God because he's not going to deal with it. And now wow, I like that. I like that. Yeah, but that that's why it's so painful because you can't there's no moving away from it. Mm. Can't run from you. Wherever you go, you take you. Mm. I like that, I like that, I like that. Uh Lady Tamika. Not Lady Tamika, Elder Natisha, I'm sorry. What has God been teaching you lately? And why? God has been, it, 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 you know, I feel like in life, right, there's always a, a contradiction. I feel like there are that I have a spirit realm in which we're able to identify God being fulfilled, you know, at continual work that's happening. Elder Natisha, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Elder Natisha, wherever you are, you're breaking up really badly. 
and we don't want to miss anything you're saying. Okay, let me. Okay, can you hear me better now? It seems like it. So please, unfortunately, please start all over so we can get all the goodies. Thank you. Sure. No problem. So I talked about the fact that, you know, there is this um, trifecta, if you would, and what I mean by that is that there are there can be a number of things happening at any given time. There are the things that are taking place in the spirit realm, in the atmosphere that we're able to see. There are things where the fulfillment and the promises of God um, can be happening in our lives. And then there's also that process of sanctification that is going on in our lives. And so we can often, as Christians, find ourselves in this, 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 this pyramid of emotions that can cause us to experience highs and lows, gratitude, and then wonder, and then confusion. Like we're constantly in this space of, uh, of, of God just working in us, through us, and around us. But one of the main things that the Lord pointed out to me was um, where the children of Israel, there's a scripture, I believe it's in John chapter 8, and they didn't realize that they were in bondage. And Paul is sharing the story as he is talking to the disciples, and, and he quotes them and he said, we are the seeds of Abraham. We are in bondage to no man. They said that while they were in Egypt. They were literally in bondage. They were enslaved. Yet, they were not aware of it. And the Lord has been showing me as we look at different leaders, the different things that are prompting them, motivating them, uh, these things that they are uh, bringing across. Now there's such thing as shock preaching where because we want to gain followers, we want to gain likes, we just start throwing out all kinds of falsities or half-truths, and a half-truth is a lie. And so uh, the Lord has just really been showing me how careful we have to be spiritually and how we have to stay at his feet. We have to stay before him. We have to stay connected so that we're able to not be tainted by our own desires, our own lust, the influences of this world, and even to be assisted and moved by those who we respected and so it had authority in spiritual spaces that at one time we were able to look and we could get some spiritually sound biblical um, doctrine. Now we must be careful. And God is saying, I want my people to come back to me. I want my people to learn of me of their own accord. I want their, I want my people to not look to social media, to not look to other outlets for my voice. Because we don't know the clarity and of that voice. But God says, I want my people to come back to me and hear my voice and not look for me through others. Mm, wow. Wow, good stuff, ladies. Good stuff. Good stuff. Lady Tamika, what has God been teaching you lately? Well, um, God has. <laughs> and ironically, the, the same situation in different arenas has been happening. 
um, to the degree that a lot of times we get through situations and sometimes it's rough. You want to say something, you want to do something, you want to act, you know, act out because, you know, well, they doing it and she doing it and he doing it. And, you know, it's easy, you know, and instinctive to respond and spaz out, you know, but the greatest strength is to curb your mouth. You know, a lot of times, oh, I just got I just got to get this off my chest. I just got to say such and such and such, you know. And what I find that if you just let God precede you in your thoughts, your dealings, your actions, you find that he precedes you in it, and it goes out so much smoother. You know, a lot of times when you, when you get ready to say such and such and such and tell such and such and such, and such off, you never know when you may have to now either eat crow um, because you've said something and now you need that person. You know, it's ironic how God does things and he changed the situation so much so because he's pretty much saying to you, I got this. You don't have to say you don't have to use your fist at all. You know, when 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 situations would be and, and when it seems like you, even when you're validated in doing stuff, it's not necessarily for you to do so. We look at, you know, um, something as simple as the situation with, with Abigail and, and, and David, you know. Um, when Nabal was like, well, who is David? David ain't, David ain't nobody. I don't have to respond to him. I don't have to do such and such. David was agitated. He was annoyed. He was getting ready to take care of business. However, um, Abigail preceded him, came out there, and took care of everything. David didn't have to respond. God preceded him in taking care. Oh, I got this. I got this. You don't have to worry about it. And so a lot of times, if you just let God give it to God, don't matter what they said, what they did, how they acted, give it to God and watch how he works it out. Mm. Nice, nice, nice. You know, I'm looking here. And I just, my eyes just fell on something. And taking what you said, God has um, been teaching you lately. Add to it, God has designed us for more. And how do you know that God has designed us for more based on what he's taught you later, what you just got finished um, describing, and we'll start with you, um, Elder Natisha. Yeah, the more it comes in, um, you know, anytime God calls him to himself, calls us to Himself, it's for the purpose of His will being accomplished in the earth. I don't believe that any of us were just accidents. I don't believe that um, any of us just. Um, are here without a purpose. I believe that the assignment that we all have here on the earth, and that's the work that God to bring us back to Himself, so that we can um, go out and accomplish. But that accomplish, that obedience to Him, does reap reward. It does reap blessings. It does. It's designed also to show forth the excellency of God. It is not just for to be holy and sanctified, which is supposed to be the thing that we seek after. We go after him. We thirst hunger after him. Seek ye first the kingdom 
God, and then it's a plus. And all these other things. What are the other things? The other things are the blessings of the Lord that had us no sorrow. And I think that, you know, there's definitely um, some expectations around that, around the fact that Father, that fruit that comes along with the labor, that there's a reward that comes with those who diligently seek him, because that's what his word tells us. So, you know, the more it is, is to be expected. That it, that because of my faithfulness, because of my 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 toes, um, when I wanted to say yes, because of the subduing of my flesh, that God looks upon it, He honors it, and He opens up the windows of heaven and pours out blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Amen. 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 Lady Tamika, you know, you just got finished talking about, you know, us just bridling our tongue, just holding on to, you know, something that we feel like we need to say. We got to get off our chest. And, you know, when you think about God is teaching you that lately and you partner that with God has more, you know, God designed more for us, how does that get partnered and interlocked? It's pretty much, it's, it's really simple. God desires to be honored and glorified. In your saying such and such, in your doing such and such, in your thinking such and such, in your acting such and such, I desire to be glorified. And so when you decide to be you and allow your flesh to rule, how is God being glorified? When you have said something to someone out of your hasty decision or you thought something out of somebody, out of response, and we understand that that's the human side, but allow God to transition that thought so that you can honestly stand before the individual and love them from your heart because God has transitioned your mind, your heart, your body, your spirit, and your soul so that you don't act unseemly. You also understand that you're always being viewed by people. And so when you said that unkind thing or when you did that unkind thing, how does that look to somebody who doesn't know God? And so it is important, it is paramount that you allow God to govern your mind, your body, your spirit, and soul so that you can be in tune with him so that when something happens, instead of you you spazzing out and cursing and acting a fool, all you literally say is Jesus. And walk away. And it doesn't mean that you're weak because you walk away. Because it basically says, look, God, you got this. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to let you handle it. Because when he does it, it's so much easier. And less stress. You don't have to worry about another thing because he's got you. Amen, 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 amen. Shatice, you know, God Mm. has taught you something lately. And how does that get partnered with God has designed more for us? God has, God has designed more for us than to try to condition ourselves based on how flimsy we believe we are, how worthless we believe we are, how we don't feel like we're really meant to be anything greater, or we can be anything greater. You know, he designed us to be able to come out of whatever, you know, whatever generational curse, whatever bad habits, whatever sins, whatever 
struggles, whatever strongholds he has designed us through him, through his son, to be able to overcome. And when we continue to run from ourselves and run from his help, then what we're saying to him is, you don't, you don't have the ability to stop me from running. You don't have the ability to change my mindset. Like, this, I'm convinced that this is who I am, this is how I am, and I could want more, but that ain't going to happen. You know, we keep speaking down on, we keep making him limited, and, you know, we know him to be matchless, and you know, no one can match up to him, no one can know his thoughts, and you know, no one can stand toe-to-toe with him when it comes to doing anything. But now we try to be a God and already say, well, this is how things are going to be for me forever and ever, amen. He's like, no, I've designed you to be way better. So before I could show anybody else so that you can see, so that you can look at yourself in the mirror and see beauty, so that when you think about yourself, when it comes time to take care of yourself, you're taking care of yourself, this whole self-care thing that everybody doing on social media, ain't about nothing. Just really taking care of yourself is a whole job. I think everybody should be getting paid if he's really doing this according to how he says. But it, he's designed you to be able to come up out of who you're convincing yourself to be. Amen. Amen. Ladies, you've done a fantastic job, as always, giving God the glory out of your lives. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. You too. Thank Thank you. Thank you. All right. It's the top of the hour, and it's Wednesday morning, so you know what time it is. Let's say good morning to our Pastor Charlene Big. Good morning, Pastor Charlene. Good morning, good morning. How are you today, my love? I am well. Thank you. I'm well. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing okay. Those sinus over here, but I'm good. Amen. Amen. Oh, we're talking about, you know, what God has done or God has taught you lately. And, you know, as each lady um, referenced what God has been teaching them lately, you know, it would it, it, we would believe that they've allowed God to do his perfect work in them. But we do know that there are times when God is trying to work on us and we are working in the opposite direction because there's a level of fear that takes place into going into that new area. And uh, let's talk about that faith over fear this morning, Pastor Charlene. Absolutely. One of the biggest things is because of unfamiliar. And when we're unfamiliar, we don't have that get up and go because we don't know what the outcome is going to be. So we allow that fear to override instead of just stepping out on faith with God. And when we hold back, we miss out on a lot. Um, I can truly say even within my own self, I have done that with that because when God calls you to, especially to go higher in him, you know, um, you're always looking for that crutch. 
of someone guiding and, and telling you what to do. But a lot of times God wants you to do it with him and to call on him and only hear from him. And we tend to want to hear other people. Do you think this is what I should do? Do you think this is how I should do it? Instead of just following what God told us to do. Um, another way, too, of fearing is with that, not um, within yourself, lack of confidence. Um, being able not to think that you can do it. Um, and because of people have spoke into your life where that you'll never be nothing, you'll never do nothing, so you have to pass all of those uh, boundaries as well, um, turn it all over to God and know that he is speaking. And so where that you're able to push forward and being able to know that God has your back, to know that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He said that he will be with you. So, therefore, if we, if we know that and being able to stand on his word and allow his word to seep deep down inside us, you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. So, therefore, you just have to continue to push forward and know that surround yourself, um, too, around people who are pushers, meaning not drug pushers, okay, pushers that's going to push you into your destiny and going to be able to help you. Um, i got to watch my words. Um, and being able to support you and to be able to encourage you. You know, sometimes you, you need that encouragement, you know, when you feel in some kind of way. And ask God, who shall I call or who shall I ask to help me? Because that way that you know the connection that you have with God, that you'll be able to know who to go to. Because everybody who you think might have your back might not have your back. And I'm sure that we can all testify that there has been some people in our lives that we have thought had our back until God revealed. Um Another thing, too, is if you keep your ear on God's mouth and being able to spend that time with him and being able for him to not only to show you, not only for you to step out on faith, not only for him to direct you to a person, and not only for you to have that confidence, have that boldness. A lot of times we don't. We be, In the world, a lot of times people have been bold, and then we come to, to Christ and we act like scaredy cats. And that same energy that you have given to the enemy, do that and even more for God. And being able to lead and guide because somebody is always watching you. And stay prayerful and being able to know that he will direct your path and know that you know that you know who you are following, and you shall only follow Jesus Christ. So that's what I say about put down the fear. Even though you think that you can't, believe me, if God say you can, you can do it. Just step out on faith, and that's all you got to do. The word says walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah, walk by faith and not by sight. So therefore, just continue to push yourself forward, and know that he is with you, and he he will hold your hand. 
he will guide. He'll give you your footsteps, the way, way that you should go. And that's my faith that we're feeling today. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Charlene, for your contribution into today's conversation and that Faith Over Fear segment. We pray you have a blessed day. You all do the same. Have a good one, my love. Thank you. Feel better. Feel better. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, It's come to the time where we are going to hold hands and hold hearts and go before the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, God above, we give you thanks for just breathing, just breathing into our nostrils, dear Heavenly Father, and just ushering us into this brand new day. We thank you, God, for your loving kindness. We thank you, God, for the gift of life as well as the gifts that you pour into us each and every day. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for the investment of your word today. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for your gift of just surrounding us with love and wisdom and information. How can we say thank you properly, God, to you who continues to just give and give and give? And we could never beat you giving. We could never match your giving. And, Lord, there are times when we don't even deserve it, but you just give anyway. So we say thank you, dear Heavenly Father, because you could have left us destitute. And it wouldn't have been unwarranted. But because of your love, because of your gentleness, you continue to just bless our lives, God. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for every gift that you've given us, God. We want to lift Jacob up before you, dear Heavenly Father, and we thank you for his little life, dear God. We know his little body has endured so much, and we just ask you, God, to just continue, continue to bring him through such an ordeal, God. Be with his little spirit. Give him peace. Give him joy. Lord, the last little picture I saw, he was just smiling, and we give you Thanks, God. And we ask you to just keep that little smile on his face, God, because as children, they just go through life differently than we as adults. And we're so fearful and and we're so paranoid and petrified of things, God, but there's just an innocence that just resides there. And we're just asking you, God, to just be with his family, his mother, who has to travel and, and all the things that she has to endure, God, her emotions and all of the things that she's feeling, God. We ask you to give her comfort. We ask you to give her peace. We ask you to give her the amount of rest that she needs, God, that it does not become overwhelming to her. We ask you, God, to just send her the support she needs from the north, the east, the south, and the west, God. Whatever the support is that she needs, God, we ask that you provide it. And we thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, God, and all that you will do. And that one day they can just look back and just declare how great, big, and wonderful you are, dear Heavenly Father. 
knowing that the only way they could have gotten through any of this is because of you. Lord, we ask you to be with Minister Michelle today, dear Heavenly Father, as she's been ailing. And we ask you, God, to just heal her accordingly, dear God. We ask you to give her the rest and the comfort that she needs as well. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for just adding to your um, ministry. And we ask you, God, to just keep her family surrounding her, God, to give her the aid that she needs as well, God. We ask you to be with the entire due time crew, God. Whatever their needs are, God, we ask you to continue to meet them, dear Heavenly Father. Pastor Charlotte, who's not feeling 100% today, dear Heavenly Father, we ask you, God, to just help her physically so that she can continue to press on and do your work, God. For all of us, dear Heavenly Father, who get up each and every day to ensure that we are serving you, dear God, we ask you, God, to just continue to bless our lives and that we would continue to press our way, knowing that you have provided the purpose that you have put us here and left us here to do, that we remain here to do, God. We thank you for just renewing us each and every day, just making sure that we just don't stay right here, that we continue to grow, that we continue to grow in love, that we continue to show your people who we are as we get on this broadcast and we minister as we talked about what you're teaching us lately. God, we know that somebody meant to hear these things, that they're discouraged, that they're trying to find their way, that they're trying to learn their purpose to Heavenly Father. And, Lord, we thank you for the eloquent way that your women spoke today. And we ask you, God, to continue to be with us as we finish this week, God, that you continue to put the words in our mouth, that you continue to fix our spirit, God, that it matches wherever it is you want it to be, dear Heavenly Father, that we would decrease, God, so that your spirit would increase, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for all that you, you just bless us with, that we don't even have a clue that you're giving us. All we know is that you, we just have it. And we're blessed in more ways than we could even imagine because you're just that kind of God. So we ask you, God, to just help us continue to be determined that we don't lose our way in no shape, no form or fashion. We ask you, God, to just be with our homes, be in our homes, be with our family members, dear Heavenly Father, all those who just tune in every day to hear a word from you, God. Even as people surf through blog talk and stop here, dear Heavenly Father, we pray that nothing, nothing that they get would lead them, that all the seeds that are planted, God, would be watered and then you would give the increase. We love you, Lord. We love you because you've taught us how to love. You've taught us how to embrace one another, 
How could we do any of this without you? We give you the glory and the honor. So rightly do your name. In the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you, God, for uh, just ushering us through all the things that we get an opportunity to do. Wow. You know, just trusting God um, through all of it. You know, we talked today about, you know, this homelessness, this eviction. You know, we talked today about, you know, um, the the uh, safety. Um, you know, when when we have to face new responsibilities. Period. Not only on the job, but period. We're talking about people who have just migrated through life. You know, somebody stopped at the wrong door. Somebody, you know, uh, drove in the wrong driveway. You know, God has really just indicated how our lives are so precious and can be gone so easily. And I can't imagine how we're hearing this day in and day out. And and for some people, there's still no desire, still no desire to live for God. You know, when I saw the question, what has God been teaching me lately? Boy, the list just wouldn't stop. You know, it was almost like what Elder Natisha said. You know, every time you turn around, there's just an evolving um, that happens in all parts of your life. So, you know, God is teaching you something in your spiritual life. God is teaching you something as a parent. God is teaching you something, you know, as a as a partner, you know, in a marriage. God is teaching you something as an employee, whether you work for a man or whether you work for God. You know, there's always learning that's going on all around you. And shame on you. If you don't pick it up. Yeah. That's one of the things God is teaching me lately. Shame on you. If I'm handing you all of this. Mm-hmm. And you're just bypassing it. You're just letting it go by. You don't think it's for you. That I'm talking to you. But you don't think it's for you. Shame on you. When we. Receive. So many gems from God, but we don't grab it. Because, see, God's not going to give you anything before it's due season. He's not going to have you in kindergarten and he's going to give you some college work. That's not the way God works. Because his word says to much is given, much is required. So why would he give you something and require you on to, to, to respond properly, but yet you don't have what it takes to respond properly. That's not the kind of God we serve. God it does everything in decency and in order. And I'm watching. You know, God has been teaching me lately, Stephanie, keep your eyes open, because I got you seeing some things. And you will be one of the few in your circle who will see it. And I need you to open up your mouth properly. I need you not to be afraid to speak. 
I need you to pay attention. Because I need to use you much bigger than you are even imagining. And the only way I can use you more than I'm using you now is if you grow. And the only way you can grow is if I give you the increase. You've handled the small. Now I can trust you with something a little bigger. So I need you to be bold. I need you to be confident. And I don't need you to be ashamed of any of that. You know, I, I've been asking God for years for something. And the other day, God revealed to me, he said, you're doing it. And he had to tell me I was doing it because I was questioning something that I was doing. And I'm like, you know, God, I'm out there. I'm out there. I'm 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 out there. You know, I'm I'm I say what you give me. I'm saying what I know and I got people looking at me cockeyed and I got keep people questioning me about what I'm saying and I know I'm looking in your word and, and, and it's there. I can't figure out why they don't see it. I, I'm I'm hearing from you and I'm 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 putting it together because that's what your word says that you know that that no that the houses can't stand against one another there's no war everything has got to be in sync I'm doing this I'm doing it but for some reason I feel like something is a little off should I be there should I be at that level and the Lord had to just really break it down to me he says you asked me for this I've given it to you you asked me for this, and I've given it to you, and that's why you are where you are. You asked me to be able to do this, and now that I'm giving it to you, I don't need you to question it. I need you to walk in it because you got it. And I don't need you to let the naysayers. I don't need you to let the people that are questioning. I don't need you to let the ones who just don't understand make you back up from where I've given you access to. I've given you access to that. So you stand your ground. Ooh, stand your ground. Be confident. That you are right where you need to be. And you always say it, that I snatch you in your collar, by your collar. Better believe that if you're not doing it right, I will be snatching you up. But if I've let you alone, that's because you're right where I need you to be. That's what God has taught me lately, and I will continue to walk in that. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Step signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew. The ladies have done a fantastic job once again. Thank you for hanging out with us today and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to accept Jesus as your personal Savior right now. Please do not miss this uh, opportunity to 
just grab on to Jesus and strengthen that relationship with him right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's therapeutic Thursday. Uh, Until then, I love you.